Hello and welcome to episode five of the Fantasy Fitbar Pod. We are the podcast that looks at Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name is John and I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. Scobie. Hello there. How you doing, Scobie? I am good, John. I'm very well. How's yourself? Yeah, not bad. Pretty buzzing after that Aberdeen result, I have to say. Good to get we are, <laughs> we are coming. We're coming straight off the back of that game. It is quarter to ten on Thursday night. You cannot say we're not committed. We're not committed. We wanted to see out the whole game week before we give you our views on the game week and also game week going forward. Um, so, on that note, you will either be listening to us on Acast or iTunes. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please, please, please leave us a review. Five stars, preferably. This nice chap, Nicholas JS, left us a wee review. Great podcast with plenty of advice to steady your ship. Not sure what ship you need steadying. Uh, sit, down, sit down, put your feet up and listen in. So on that note, I will say, sit down, put your feet up, listen into this episode, guys. In this episode, part one, this part, we are going to be looking at, we've learned a few new twerks to the app and the game, so we're going to look at them, talk about them. There has been mental amount of signings this week, people leaving, people coming. We'll try and dissect that as best you can and put a fantasy football spin on it. In part two, as always, Mr. Scobie will take us through each of the games from the game week, including the Aberdeen St. Johnston game that just happened. And then in part three, after its rip-roaring success in the previous episode, we have <laughs> once again asked the listeners, the Twitter sphere pals, for any questions, and we will try our best to answer those questions. How does that sound to you, Scobie? It sounds like a bumper episode. I think we better get cracking on. Lots to cover. <laughs> Let's get cracking. So, uh, going to start on learning points. Scope, I don't know if you've been doing this, but a few people have noticed how late the deadline for transfers goes. So, it goes about an hour before the kickoff. So, if you hold on to your transfer, you've got a potential to get some team news in there. Have you been using that at all, Scope? I've not used it yet. I did see some murmurings around it on Twitter. I think it's a good point. I think even more so in the current climate with, you know, uh, start of the season, transfer window being open, people being left on the bench because they're being linked with another club, people picking up a contract in COVID, you know, you, you don't know what you might need it for. But um, yeah, certainly with the team using that, so that's an interesting point, one to, one to think about going forward. Definitely. FPL Dan tweeted us this week, uh, thanks for getting in touch, Dan. That, uh, so he, he basically tried to use his wild card, made like eight or nine transfers and then forgot to hit wild card. So went oh. through, looks like he's losing minus like 36 points, but... He's thankfully pointed out that you can still hit wildcard after you put those transfers through and will not be deducted the points. Wow. <laughs> I missed that. Do you know what? I did that on Fantasy Premier League last year. <laughs> I remember I that. Thing, and I might or might not have been pissed when I did it, but I, I did, and I took about a minus 20-something. So I feel your pain, mate. I, I remember you writing into, the, writing into the regulators for the Fantasy Premier League. Is that not Yeah, I did. I did. I sent an email in, but they had none of it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's good to know if, if you... Uh, if you do that. Um, so thanks very much, Dan, for getting in touch. Uh, another point, uh, Maz on Twitter, who, who we like, is uh, he's done a very helpful tool. So for the game weeks five to ten, he has graded the difficulty for each team, uh, just to so, show you what, what, what fixtures going forward are looking like. So when you're making your transfers, you can take that into account. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic tool. It's quite a popular thing that we see in, uh, you know, in other forms of fancy. But you, thanks, Maz, for it. I think it's great. 
Um, I think calling out, going very early. If you look, for example, at Dundee United, got a very favourable, um, you know, next run of fixtures through August and September. So something like that just immediately jumps off the page, and you're starting to think about that when you're going into transfers. You shouldn't just be thinking a week or two ahead. You have to be thinking a bit more long term. Uh, United look all right. And the other couple that I got there was both, both the Saints team. So St Mirren actually, not a, not a bad run of fixtures. And as we'll discuss later on in the pod, you know, really good result against Hamilton. Mm. And also a lesser known team called Celtic. I've not seen much of them this year, but they seem to have a very good run of the next five games. <laughs> green, heavy green. And then last shout I wanted to give was this guy, Sutty on Twitter. He's done a, um, a whole game ticker. So if you download his spreadsheet, you can work out the, your squad value. He's also got um, movements and prices and things like that. Just a, a really helpful tool. And uh, just it's it mad stuff, that, mind. isn't it? I, don't, I mean, I, I applaud it so much. It would blow my mind. Um, but, you know, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great thing. It's so good to see the community coming together um, and sharing these tools and everything. It's really cool. So, yeah, shout out to all of them. Um, brilliant, brilliant work. Absolutely. Uh, so now moving on, we've got signings. I mean, it, it's been pretty crazy week so far, Scooby, for signings. What, what ones have jumped out for you? Well, big one for me because I had him in my team, Lyndon Dykes. Um, I was getting quite excited, a couple of goals and back-to-back penalties. But yeah, he's obviously off the QPR. Um, and it links in well, I think, an interesting uh, feature that they're, they've thrown in that you get a free transfer with, uh, um, you know, with somebody signing and moving on like that. So and um, that's quite interesting. So that one kind of definitely jumped out at me. Uh, another one I thought was quite interesting, with a bit of value there. Uh, Jason Holt signed for Livingston. Um, so one definitely to watch. I think Holt's always been quite a useful player. Uh, might line up for, uh, for Livingston there and that might be a sort of nice cheaper option. What about for yourself? Uh, well, big one at Celtic is a Jetty's move from 5 million from West Ham. Yeah, he got nine starts there last season and no goals. Uh, previously played for Basel, um, got, or Bal, I should probably say, Bal. <laughs> uh, Bal. Got 20, Basel brush, got 29 goals in 58 for there. Um, one headline that really did uh, make me chuckle was the fact that he claimed that he turned Barcelona down to join Celtic. I write a jetty and I turn down Michelle Keegan tonight for dinner to do this podcast. <laughs> and you're lucky, John, because I don't think your girlfriend listens to this podcast. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, no, a definitely interesting week. And then obviously the big one for Aberdeen. Yeah, Ross McCrory. So he's become only the second player since 1969 to make the cross from Rangers to Aberdeen permanently. Really? Uh, with Alex Willoughby uh, for those stat heads out there. Uh, he's he's down as a midfielder in the game, right? He's about three point three million, I believe. And even tonight, he was playing centre half and then played right back. He looked really solid for Aberdeen. Is there fantasy value there? I'm just mm-hmm. not sure. Yeah, interesting, interesting. And then just back to the Ajeti point. I mean, does it mean that are we finally looking at Edward being on the way out? I mean, I think my opinion on it is that I think if he does go down south, he probably will go to a Premier League club. I think they'll run it as close to the start of the season as they maybe can. Just get, I think there'll be a little bit of a flurry of uh, movement if he does go, waiting to see what other uh, things topple. Obviously, seeing how things in Champions League pan out, I think once that's finished this weekend, we'll maybe see a bit more transfer activity. And I think he could get caught up in that kind of domino effect. Um, but it looks like Celtic are making, um, you know, make it, making a bit of a, a move to ensure themselves if he does go, is that not right? I think so. I, I still, I don't know. The, the longer it goes on, the more I just think Edward might be there for the season now, if I'm honest. 
Um, so it, it's, it's just one to watch. And as we'll probably discuss, I mean, Eddie, you do need him in your team. So I mean, Yeah, yeah, you exactly. He's got a point to prove. So exciting uh, stuff. Rogic has left Celtic Park. I don't think many people had him in his team, but if you do get him at your team or you'll be getting that free transfer that's going to be mentioned previously. And then the final bit of uh, transfer business that has actually happened is at St Mirren. Really interesting deal this, I thought. Uh, Christian Dennis is our striker. Uh, Goodwin's got his, got his man, basically. Uh, he scored 15 goals for Notts County last season. And he scored 21 goals the season before. Sorry, 2017-2018 season for Chesterfield. So he's a goal scorer. Um, it, it's a bit of a strange one for me because I was. Di- I mean, I'm I'm considering wildcarding this week. Um, you know, because my team has quite a lot of holes in it and a lot of guys that aren't mm. playing. So I'm really considering. I had a Bika down. The others, the main St. Mary striker down yep. as my as one of my strikers because I thought full on game time. He scored a goal at the weekend going forward. But now Dennis has arrived at St. Mirren and it's just making me wonder: is that going to eat into his his game time? I don't know. It is a good point and one I was wanting to talk about later. But yes, very, uh, very true. Uh, it's yeah. worth a watch. So yeah, no, I think that kind of wraps up. Basically, the only other big news would be um, Big Uchi's left hearts. So the... Oh, no, wait. Yeah, we're not in the game. So. <laughs> Wrong league. He's he a left, left yeah. hearts. He's off to Wickham. I'm quite sad about it. He's a big, he's a big legend. But anyway, I think that probably, that probably wraps up part one, does it not? Yeah, that'll do us for part one. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Fantasy Fitbar pod. This is the part where we look back on the game week's action. So, Scobie, we sat down, or I sat down at three o'clock on Saturday, really looking forward to this game week action. Turn on my telly and I can't find a game of Scottish football on the TV, man. It just frustrates <laughs> me that, you know, there's no other football going on in Europe and the UK and Saturday at 3pm right now. And I know we have other live games on, but why is there not a game at 3pm? Like the lack of creativity and imagination from guys like Doncaster just does my nutting. We should promote this. It's a it decent does, product. I, I think even the Belarusian, um, the Belarusian uh, Premiership managed to get three o'clock games on a Saturday broadcast. Uh, so it's a, it's a damning indictment of Scottish football. But you know, you'll have to speak to the SFA chief executive Nicola Sturgeon about that um, before you know any decisions made. Um, yeah, I know, like that. You know that they've agreed the amount of Sky games beforehand and how going forward. But it just seems to me like just such an obvious thing. Like there's so many guys out there just sitting. It'd be such a great way to advertise our game. Look, as Hearts fans know well, what Sky says goes. So you've got to speak to them, John. Uh, not that I'm bitter. So on to the first game. Um, where would I? St- where else would I start? After talking talking about Hearts, um, you know my, um, my 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 team of the year. Ross um, squared, or whatever you want to call them, Ross County. It was a very entertaining game. Ross County, Dundee United. Um, Big win that for Dundee United, though. Uh, I thought Ross County started very well. Um, they just love to play their football. Um, really, really looked lively. Ross Stewart, I think, will be angry. He didn't get himself on the score sheet. Um, Harry Payton, rightfully, I think, should be annoyed. He didn't have a penalty. And I think Harry, Harry You don't Payton think that was a dive? Nah, I'm taking that as a penalty. Fair. 
I, I, I think the, the leg was in the way. I, I, I think that's a penalty all day long. And at three million, I think Harry Payton is somebody that's worth a punt, especially the way that Ross County play. What I will say is I put uh, Laidlaw in uh, off the back of our conversation last week. I think I was sucked in. I wanted the highest scoring goalkeeper. Um, and, and I needed to, I think, stamp a bit of Ross County in my team. I, I'm starting to think that the Ross County um, you know, defence goalie might not be the best option. I think they play so uh, gung-ho and freewheeling that they're probably going to concede some goals, but I think equally they're going to score some goals. So I think if you're looking at Ross County players, they look better up the field. Um, but on the other side of the park, there was one man who, is, uh, who one man on this pod has had a lot of faith in throughout yeah, and delivered on that did he not his first goal in over a year uh, after my tip uh, before they before the season started Peter Pollitt um, he came close we talked about it he came close against Hibs the week before and it was uh, it was good for, for from a personal point of view in my team to see to see Pollitt score um, so yeah I was buzzing and he's about now joint, joint fourth top scoring midfielder with wow. 14 points. Uh, repaid your face, certainly. I thought he, uh, he thought he was good. Uh, I thought one to pick out from the Dundee United side, uh, Bolton. Uh, yeah. 3.8 million. thought he had a great game. He was, he was involved yeah. in everything. He probably should have scored. Um, but... I think the only, one only thing you've got to worry about Bolton is he's playing kind of wing-back. So it's kind of... He's, and he's down as a midfielder. So where, whereas... Um, Whereas Robson, the boy who got injured, was is down as a defender and often plays on the other side of the wing back. You've got yeah. Bolton in there, three point eight million, point one cheaper than Pollock, but Pollock's almost playing up front half the time for them. So, a very good point. But I, you know, he was so far forward, Bolton, the way he was playing uh, on loan from Man City. Um, yeah, an interesting talent, definitely. He was involved throughout. Uh, Nicky Clark came off the bench, bagged the goal, but I'm worried about him. You know, I think it, you'll be an attractive option at this price. But if Shankland comes back, I mean, he didn't even start on Saturday, um, you know, when Shankland wasn't there. OK, came on and got the goal. What are you thinking about, Clark? Well, I was, I was actually looked to find a Twitter poll um, from the Dundee United fans. Who is more important to Dundee United, Clark or Shank the Tank? And Clark ran away with it, like over 70% of the votes. Um, what that means from a fantasy football perspective, I don't know. But Clark is, I mean, he's still attractive at that low four, four-ish million price point. Came off a bench, took his goal very well. And he, he will be prominent, maybe not starting every game, but he'll come off the bench. And, and maybe they're, you know, if he's your sort of third choice striker, I mean, I'm definitely considering sticking him in my wildcard team. I have, I have to be honest. Um, he's in that area of sort of the Abikas, the, the Billy Mackays. Like what, it's just what chance you go with there. Um, but uh, just a word on Mickey Mellon. Uh, seems to be a, a very, very astute appointment from Dundee United. And um, mm. there's a couple of substitutions that he made that were really attacking. And I feel like they've got a, um, a real good manager on their hands. United. I'm looking forward to uh, Dundee United fans putting water, um, carving out watermelons and sticking them on their heads in the, in the stands <laughs> later on in the season. I think, you know, I think oh, you're totally right. Two good managers on show there. I think Stuart Kettlewell has been really impressive and, uh, and, and Mellon too. So, uh, or Kets as we call them. Uh, they've both been, yeah, both, both been good managers. So, um, an entertaining game, but really disappointing for Ross County. I think they, you know, they deserved at least a point there. All right, uh, next game I'm going to jump to, and I'm going to put you firmly on the spot, John, is the Aberdeen game. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I have had a very busy day with work, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to catch the game myself, apart from seeing the scoreline. So, John, it is over to you. How was it? Well, luckily, Scobie, I watched every minute of it. Um, 
no, I, I, what is Chris Boyd is on every single Sky game. Like, I don't mind him sometimes. They're obsessed. How is, how is he on every game? Like, the three games on this week. And, and that was three games for Sky this week. And obviously, the, the Hibs game was nil-nil. The Livy game was nil-nil. And then Aberdeen game until about 78 minutes was nil-nil. Was um, but just taking a step back, you know, Aberdeen have been in complete turmoil this season for, for reasons that are their fault, for some reasons that aren't their fault. Um, the lineup came... The, light, the teams came out and, you know, trying to pick what formation McInnes was going with, with no recognised striker on the pitch, uh, was quite something else. But, um, I mean, I have to be honest, it was quite turgid stuff at times. Um, I think Derek set the boys up just to, just to basically keep a clean sheet and try and nick a goal towards the end, which is exactly um, what Aberdeen did. And you have to, on the face of it, look at it as a really, really strong three points for them. Um, a little bit disappointed with St Johnston. I think, you know, you'd be looking at this Aberdeen team, so many players out, as I say, in a bit of turmoil, and you'd be maybe wanting a bit more from them going forward. I thought Hendry had an okay game. Um, I know we talked about a lot about getting him into the team, into your fantasy teams with that double game week, but I don't actually think he had a shot on target, and he had a few decent, half decent chances that, that that maybe he should have done a bit better with. Um, and then also a bit of a bit of a Twitter favourite, Tanzer, uh, didn't really have a sniff all game, which was poor. Um, from a fantasy football perspective, the Aberdeen team, I have to be honest, I transferred Super Joe, 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 Super Joey Lewis into my team. He got a clean sheet. So that's a nice return for me. And I know we're having problems um, with goalkeepers in this game. And the way that Aberdeen set up, it doesn't look like they're going to concede many goals this season. Um, so how do, you, how do you get your Aberdeen exposure, defence defense exposure? Tommy Hoban, um, who will be is cheap in the game, he he starting defence. You can maybe put him in. Mm-hmm. Ash Taylor is another one who, who's starting every game. Now his passing is diabolical, but the boy can defend. He can get in front of stuff, and you don't win points in fantasy football for passing. You win it for clean sheets. So he could be another one. Uh, a guy that I'd heavily tipped was uh, Ronald Hernandez. Actually got hooked at half time in this game. Was that uh, down to performance, or was that? <laughs> Actually, actually, to be fair to him, I think it was more shape. Aberdeen went to a flat back four in the second half and put McCrory, who we've already spoken about, he played right back and he played right centre half for the first part of the game. So as a midfielder, you don't want to be getting him in your team. Johnny Hayes had an excellent game, but was playing left back, left wing back. He's a midfielder in the fantasy football game. Do you want him in? Probably not yet. Matt Kennedy was really good when he came on. Uh, got to the byline a few times, so maybe one to put on your watch list. And then Ryan Hedges scored the goal, but I mean, he's only getting 10 minutes at a time just now. So... I still wouldn't put him in your fantasy team. Well, it's interesting. Well, I'm, uh, good win for them. Uh, you're right on Toby Hoban. He is 2.8 million. Could be some value there if he continues to play. Um, interesting to hear. Uh, you obviously, Hayes and, Hayes and McKinney can play a big part. I'm sure the boys will be out having a big drink to celebrate tonight. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Somewhere. Just one other, one other uh, player that um, caught my eye tonight that I thought was uh, really excellent for Aberdeen. Um, going forward was Scotty Wright. Now, that was his first appearance in uh, well over a year, and at 3.7 million was playing really far forward. And if he gets a run in the team, uh, he can be quite um, punishing in the final third. So could be a guy to keep your eye on. Um, just again, because I think you missed that joke, John. I'm sure the Aberdeen boys will be out having a good drink tonight to celebrate. They'll <laughs> <laughs> be in the boozer. They'll be in the boozer. Yeah, uh, I think it, do you know, it runs. It runs into my. I'm going to sort of run this into the next game a bit. St. Johnson had the double game week. Um, for those that listened to the last episode, will know I made a very bold claim 
in my in my in, in the last episode. Um, and I, what I will say is, I was right for eighty five minutes on Saturday, and I was right for ninety minutes this evening. So there seems to be a small seven minute period in which Johnston decided yeah. to um, entirely prove me wrong. Um, with, with two goals out of really nowhere. And that was uh, out as a result, basically, of the Killy boy getting sent off. It basically <laughs> is, yeah. I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought that Kilmarnock were... You know, a funny point of this game, I was watching sports scene and um, I'm watching this game and um, my girlfriend came in and asked me if it's usually so empty in Rugby Park. Uh, <laughs> I had to remind her, unfortunately, due to COVID, nobody can attend. Poor old Rugby Park. That's not just what Scottish football's like. Um, but yeah, no, an interesting game. Uh, that one, almost a, an absolute howler from Rogers at the start. So I'm wondering if maybe Colin Doyle at Kilmarnock will get the nod between um, between sticks. Um, I thought Chris Burke, my man, should have had a penalty. It was a it was a clear penalty that one. There was no there was no argument there, um, and that was that was definitely disappointing um, for Kilmarnock. Um, Interesting note on Kilmarnock talking about that game. Kabamba seems to be the man. Nicky Kabamba. Um, yeah, he's brilliant against Celtic. Yeah, relative steal at 4.2 million. Causes a lot of problems, but he looks like he can play. So again, you've talked about it earlier. Who's in that mix of Nicky Clark and Nicky Kabamba and Abika? You know, there's, there's, there's interesting players who are in there. I think you've probably got to offset with your big your, you know, your big talisman, your Morales or Edouard with somebody like that. So he's definitely worth uh, worth watching. You know, Brophy came on, but he's just had no game time this year, even though he's been, you know, he was one of the more highly touted strikers last year. So not really sure what's going on there. But um, but yeah, and then out of nowhere. It's just Bamba's played really well. Brophy's come yeah. back from injury and just hasn't been able to get himself back in the team. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. sort of understand. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting point, and yeah, it seems to be a theme of this podcast so far as we are talking about those, because because there, there is there's a dearth of points across midfielders. I'd say quite a lot. Um, defenders seem to be getting a lot of the points, and so it's just, we are trying to guide our listeners into making some sort of decision on these these strikers, and it's just maybe it's looking at the fixtures and just getting that run of fixtures, getting those nice home games or the ones against against the lesser teams, such as like Hamilton, have been taking a few thumpings recently. So, yeah, I thought Burke was very good. Again, uh, it, it does seem to be him or nothing going forward, just to just to put down on your uh, Kabamba shout there. So, I'd just if you want Killy, I'd go Burke. Um, yeah. St. Johnston in this game, Parrish is in goals. He's a cheap, cheap option if you want a starting keeper. Mhm, mhm. He is. He is. And, um, and, uh, and Scobie, I, I don't know. I can't remember quite remember the quote, but I do remember you saying that Wotherspoon wasn't going to score a goal. Yeah, I did, and I, I massively <laughs> regret it. Right? I was. <laughs> I think I also said if there was anyone I was going to put in, it was going to be Wotherspoon, and they slammed one in. <laughs> I saw that coming on Saturday. My heart just about bled. You know, so him and O'Halloran. Uh, do either of them have value? Do you, you know beyond that double game week? Are you, are you really that interested in them? Nah, I think, I think especially considering how poor I thought St. Johnson were going forward tonight, you know, people people have got um, long memories in fantasy football and anyone that's gone hard on St. Johnston for this double game week will probably be disappointed. Um, so I, yeah. I'd imagine quite a lot of uh, transfers out for St. Johnston assets. Definitely, but at the same time, two home games on the bounce to look forward to. Hibs at home. Not going to be easy, but then St Mirren at home. And the September doesn't look awful either. You're looking at them 
uh, away at Motherwell, a home to Ross County, and then Livingston away. So relatively good new fixtures. So maybe you do hold on to them and see what happens. Um, I uh, certainly won't be. Um, so yeah, moving on. St Mirren, Hamilton. Um, what people think will be a bit of a bottom up the table tussle traditionally is. Um, so yeah, in this game, I was kind of looking out for Abika. We've talked about him, but I also thought Moyo. Maybe there's something there at Hamilton. Um, you know, as, as we said, my other big man at Hamilton is he no longer seems to be a factor. So Moyo seems like the more interesting option. But Abika was the one that obviously shone through. 4.1 million definitely warrants consideration. I mean, he played very well. Okay, your point is valid about this new signing. Um, but but I thought St. Mirren were strong again. Um, and certainly at the back. Lord Tate, as Ralph Renfrewshire, as he's, as he's beginning to be known. That was a very amusing tweet for those that saw it. Um, but Tate got himself a clean sheet and assist. He's now the, again, joint fourth defender, um, along with Josh Doig. So pretty impressive return. The only three people above him are, um, are all from um, Rangers. And if you look at the interesting little stab, you look at Tate and Doig together, combined, they are cheaper than Tab. So this is, that is value. We bloody love value on this spot. That is value. Yeah, no, I think Samirin looked quite, quite an attractive proposition, especially looking at that, that fixture track that I was saying. Samirin have got... Mm. I mean, basically, they're not playing the old firm in the next sort of six or seven games. So um, you could be looking at Tate, and as I say, with my wild card very much in draft, if not sort of confirmed, I was thinking Abika. I'm probably still going to go Abika. Um, mm-hmm. I just think surely he's not going to get dropped after scoring the ma- scoring the winner against the, the rivals Hamilton. A word on Hamilton: um, three games, three defeats, seven goals conceded. Uh, should we chase Hamilton round? So whoever is playing Hamilton, should you be captaining? Should you be getting their strikers in? Potentially, they've been looking pretty shite this season so far. But as we always say, write off Hamilton at your peril. Yeah, I think you're right. I go after them at the start of the season, but you know who knows what happened. The only the only person I thought is slightly interesting is probably Templeton for Hamilton. But yeah, he's a striker. He's four million, and again, go match that conversation. There's other people that are just so much, so much more. Well, the, the only other guy that looked. All right, I was trying to, you know, trying to not do too much Hamilton bashing here in case mm-hmm. you've got the big Hamilton massive listening to the podcast. So Callahan in midfield at 2.6 million, if you want a bit of Hamilton in your team, he may be the man to put in there that might make something happen, but uh, don't hold your breath. I don't think Hamilton fans have ever got over the fact that you you said they had a waitress at the other end of their stadium in the first episode, John. So <laughs> they're, it they're probably not tuning in again. Um, after you start them with that brush. Uh, right, so anyway, uh, on to, and um, we'll probably we'll fly through them because, you know, they, they were less interesting, but there was two nil-nil duds. Um, we'll start with Rangers Livingston. Um, you know, a dud, but from a fantasy perspective, that Rangers depends. I thought it was fascinating from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I mean, it's impenetrable. Um, the the point scoring there is just, it's just relentless. Um, I think Barisic should have had a goal. Again, it was a stunning save for that from that free kick. Um, but but again, I mean they're just they're just racking up points, aren't they? Yeah, no, I thought. Yeah, I mean Rangers defence. I think basically I'd triple up in a Rangers defence just now. I think you've got um, you've obviously got Barisic, you've got Tav, you've got Goldson, and when Balogun comes back from injury, I'd be taking almost be taking three out of those four just now because it's really difficult to pick the Rangers assets going uh, further up the field like. 
you know, Gerard's playing what two defensive mids away at Libby, so they're not creating a huge amount of chances. Mm. Um, and you look at Morelos; he's not actually that prolific in the in the Scottish Premiership. Very very good striker that he is, fantasy wise. I'm not sure if he's worth the eight and a half million price tag. So mm. I'd be triple threat threatening on Rangers' defence. The other one uh, midfield that I've got is Ryan Kent. And I have heard that this week that Leeds United are sniffing around him because he's got a minimum release clause of about 10 or 11 million. Uh, so that's, that's one to keep, keep an eye on. Uh, and the other, the other big question in Rangers and why I'd be suggesting when triple in actual defence is the goalkeeping situation. Because McLaughlin has, uh, has been playing there ahead of McGregor. Um, but when McGregor get, comes back to full fitness, will he take uh, the number one jersey back? What do you think, Scobie? Uh, I think he will. Um, I think Shagger's a big part of that team, a big leader there, so I think he will. But um, it's not, the as you just said rightly, it's not the Rangers position I'm kind of looking for at this stage. I think you you got much stronger defensive and midfield options. You've got to be, you've got to be careful as well. Like McGregor's getting on, right? He's 38, so the Rangers do need to have some sort of succession planning in there. And if McLaughlin's doing a decent job, then I can definitely see them at least holding, at least rotating it quite a lot in that position. So yeah. maybe you'll clear that. And then, is it, have you got any other points on Rangers? I was going to move on. To no, I, I was, I was, I was going to move. I mean, we'll, we'll maybe come to um, you know later on. I have Pete, and I know there's a question about Kent, but what's happening maybe in the you know transfer rumours and stuff. So where do you sit with that with that Rangers team? Arbo's picked up uh, an injury, so that's a consideration. It looks like he's going to be out for this weekend as well. Uh, on the Livingston side, I mean, they'll be they'll be pleased to see that a clean sheet there. Are they making the, yeah, the Macaroni a fortress again? Yeah, they switched their back four, dropped Effie Ambrose to the bench, didn't even get off the pitch. Uh, so he'll be coming out of my team as well. Again, this is why I'm wildcarding you. There's a theme here. A lot of my players are not getting any game time. <laughs> uh, there's, a huge, there's a huge piece of value in that Livingston defence, and it's John Guthrie at 2 million uh, starts yeah. every game, yeah. uh, and 2 million. And Livy, if, if they continue the way that they defend against Rangers for the rest of the season. They'll be back to what they were doing last season. And he is an absolute must in your fantasy team then. Yeah. And uh, interestingly, uh, McCrory uh, obviously wasn't playing at the weekend in goals. So Strijek, your man that had a really good save against Barisic, yep. will he keep his place? I mean, it's just this goalkeeping situation is really difficult. And that's why I go back to my point, Super Joey Lewis is uh, expensive, but could be the man. Or... The man at Motherwell. Does that lead us nicely into that game, Scooby? That was very well segued. Well done. Yes, Carson, definitely worth consideration. I mean, this was a, a poor game. Um, again, I think, I think to be honest, Motherwell will be disappointed we didn't win this. Um, Hibs just weren't at the races. Uh, White's goal being disallowed was the big kind of talking point, I guess. The right decision. Um, oh. Yeah, it was the right decision. But, but you know, I, I think, um, the you know, we've talked a lot about Hibs and how impressive they've been on this pause. And, 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 and you know, the players have... Have been so attractive throughout, but the likes of Boyle, Dodge, and this, but we're pretty disappointed with their performances. And I think fancy managers that have invested in them will be disappointed too. You won't be disappointed if you got Dodge. He is, I think, arguably steal of the season. If you if you knew about him from the start and you had him at that price, he's been brilliant. Um, but I don't, I still don't know about Hibs at the back. You know, uh, I say a good friend of mine, big Hibs fan, doesn't trust Marciano still. Um, still thinks there's a gap there. Certainly wouldn't be putting him in his team, and that says a lot coming from a you know, from a diehard. So um, yeah, I think he's probably overpriced. You know where he is. Look, they got the clean sheet, so that was good. But um, 
Yeah, it was a little bit maybe a down, back down to earth moment for Hibs, was it not? Yeah, agreed. And then just looking at Motherwell on the flip side of things, um, I thought O'Donnell had a really good first game in a Motherwell shirt. He, he got forward quite nicely, uh, had one of the better chances of the game. Uh, so that's really promising from a fantasy football perspective, given that he is a defender. Came off towards the end, but I think uh, judging by his match interview after the game, he was just absolutely knackered. Yeah. So He'll be <laughs> he was like just a burst mattress after not playing a lot of football. <laughs> Doesn't um, do anything for the last few months <laughs> for, a, for a while. So he was really good there. Um, Turnbull is one that I'm considering pulling in on my wild card, but you do have to be careful there that uh, Celtic have been sniffing around this week, especially with Rogic on his way. There, there is a space in that Celtic squad now in midfield, and I do wonder if Turnbull uh, will be the man to take it. Um, and then a bit of a quandary up front for Motherwell that I'm trying to work out is around strikers mm-hmm. because they've got four strikers right they've got Long, Lang, uh, White and Watt. You would be and forgiven for putting Long in thinking you're putting Lang in as well I mean there's, there's all these mistakes we made there. And it's just it's really difficult to read like because Motherwell they, they've been okay right they've, they've had a couple of results that could have gone either way and like against Hibs they seem to be backed a little bit to their own self so once they select that striker going forward and bear in mind all these strikers are between 4 million and 5 million um, so once they select that striker or two strikers going forward that would be the time to get one of them in their team but just now I just it's too difficult to call across all four I mean I'd said I thought what well, had no chance, and I was reading on some Motherwell forums that they all want to give him a chance and things like that. So it's a difficult one to call just now. Yep, yep. Uh, final point, probably the Motherwell Jake Hasty, where there was a lot of uh, interest mm. and intrigue at the start of the season for him. I think it's just again he's um, he's just kind of wasting away. And, uh, and I think for if you've not already football, for fantasy football right now, Jake Hasty is irrelevant. Guess who? Te- guess whose team he is in, Scooby? He is in Farsat. Forest hat. He's in my team. He is in Again, your... This is this is uh, the more I'm doing this. <laughs> you the, the wild card. You've probably already done it. <laughs> um, well, as we look forward to next um, the next game, we could probably put the, the right time to move on and answer some of those burning questions. Welcome to part three of this week's Fantasy Football Pod. This is the part you are all waiting for. It is answering your questions to the best of our limited knowledge ability. Scobie, are you ready? Oh, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for them. Hit me. Hit me. Okay, FPL Dan came out with one question. Taylor, Celtic and Newell, Hibbs or Guthrie, Livy and McGregor, Celtic. Which would you choose and why? Oh, that's a... That's a toughie. Um, just instinctively, having not um, put too much thought into it, I'm probably going to go Taylor and Newell. Taylor was pretty impressive start of the season. We've been banging on about the value in, um, you know, in Rangers' defence, but to be fair to Celtic, they've not really played. So those of us that have got the likes of Frimpong and whatnot in their team you know, are excited for that to come back. Celtic have got as ever, a really nice run of fixtures. And I, I do think that Taylor, Greg Taylor, is going to be an, a, a relative steal at 3.3 million, is he not? Yeah, he had a really good performance in the in Europe midweek as well, a couple of assists. Uh, so that was quite promising for them. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say get Taylor in. I also would try and get Guthrie in your team, as, as previously discussed, Dan. Okay, mm. next question is from Justin. 
Can you talk a bit about captain and vice captain strategy? With it being different to the FPL, have you figured out the optimal approach or are you simply picking your best old firm players each week generally as you see right? Uh, I'll take the start of this one, Scobie, and then you can add in. Firework just gone off behind me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shat my pants. <laughs> uh, I think... But now that Celtic are back in action, French Eddie is, is your vice captain set and forget. And I think your captain comes from a Rangers defender right now. I think it comes from either Barisic or Tab. That's how I look at that. I don't know what your thoughts are, Scobie. I completely agree. Um, we've been through, um, you know, we've been through it. Obviously, vice captains getting double uh, points for um, any clean shoots that they keep at the back, but getting double points for any goals they score at the front, much more important. So Edouard, if he's there, if he's playing, you know, we had a an earlier episode called Set and Forget. I think it's Vice Captain Set and Forget at this stage. And I think you're right. I think it's probably Tab or Barisic that you're going to captain at this point. I just think don't overthink it with the captains. These are the highest scoring players in the game until somebody gives you reason to go with another option. Go with them. And, and just and just don't think about it too much. I think, you know, there's some clear, there's some, there's some, there's some clear selections there. Um, so, yeah. Decent. Moving on, we have FPL Haggis. I love this guy. He's got a, actually a Haggis guy, like football player. Fantastic. Very little icon. Uh, so he's asked one question about captaincy, which we've covered. But his next question is, what do we do with goalkeepers? So Barkas is too dear. Rangers are rotation, as we've discussed. Laidlaw, as we've discussed, probably a bit lucky in the first few games. And the rest are well with the rest. Scobie, what are you doing with your goalkeeper situation? Well, I went with Laidlaw, but I don't necessarily think... I think that was probably based more on emotion and also Ross County having quite a nice run of fixtures. Uh, I think there's probably better, cheaper options, although their values are climbing. I think if you look at somebody like uh, Alnwick at St Mirren um, or Seagrace at Dundee United, around the 2.6 million mark probably feels right for a goalie when, there's, when, you know, when you probably want to invest a bit more in your defence. I certainly wouldn't be going for one of these three, 3.8 million... Um, you know, guys that, that are out there. I think goalkeeper is somewhere you could scrimp a bit, is it not? Yeah, I think, you, yeah, I wouldn't be getting any old firm keeper in. Uh, Carson, I did get a clean sheet the weekend, so potentially well. As I've, as I've championed on this pod, it's Jojo, Super Joe, Super Joey Lewis, get him in your team and forget about the other goalkeeper in your squad. Next question we have here from James Kettlewell, who I believe is the Grand High Witch. He has asked, who do I replace Dykes with? That's a very good question. Um, James, I hope you've been listening because we've, we've discussed this a lot. Um, but one of the names we've not, you know, you know we've, we've discussed a certain bracket of players. So, you, so you've got an option there that you could probably go with someone cheaper and you could maybe spend elsewhere on the park. I am still a big fan of Ross Stewart. Um, I think the way that, that, that um, the sort of swashbuckling style of Ross County this year uh, suits him. He's always looking dangerous. Um, third highest scoring striker in the game at the moment, 5.5 million. He's a little bit less than what Dykes left at. So um, I'd look at Stuart personally. What about you? There you go. No, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. You're happy with that. You're making that transfer now. I can see you. Let's move on. Well, he's more expensive than Billy Mackay, but he's just starting every game. Yeah. Maybe next one we have from Alice Boyd. Uh, long-time listener, second-time tweeter. If Ryan Kent goes to Leeds as rumoured, who is the biggest beneficiary? And um, will one of the new boys step into his role or is somebody there already that you should be looking at in that Rangers midfield? 
I'd be saying get out of Rangers midfielders right now. Okay, you know, Kent might be going to Leeds. Uh, Aribo, as we've discussed, is injured. And a lot of them are high value and not giving you many returns just now. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think as you're right, I think it, it, it's pretty likely, um, speaking to some Rangers fans, that Roof will be the one that will probably benefit most from that move. Um, and they'll probably play him out wide. That obviously remains to be seen. It's all, it's all sort of um, just talk at the moment. But he's obviously a striker and an expensive one at that. So it's not a like-for-like replacement. He's more than Kent and he's up front. So um, I don't know if there are any immediate beneficiaries. I think we have to see how Jared responds to that if Kent goes. If Kent doesn't go, then get him in. I mean, he's been awesome this year. Um, I think I, you know, I would definitely, if the, the transfer rumours weren't around, I would be getting him in. And actually, there's, there's almost reason to maybe just take a punt on him now that he's playing so well, you know, knowing you can take him out, potentially with a free transfer, down the line. Yeah, OK, I hope that has answered your question, Alan. Yeah, yeah very good uh, question, Alan. Gregor Smith, Mr Neebs, has asked, what do we do with the alleged shagger McGregor? Gregor, I think we've answered your question here. It's a, it's a dangerous one in Rangers keepers, and to be honest, I'd probably try and get a different goalie in. Uh, one question here from Luke Bateman. Who has kidnapped Liam Polworth and where could he possibly be? <laughs> this is my, I think my favourite question so far. Well done, Luke. Um, I, I think that the Fantasy Football Pod, should, we should start a movement. Where is Liam Polworth and who is he offended? Because this season is an absolute mystery to me. I'm about to, I'm about to head to Motherwell with, you know, seeking and, and, and offering a reward posters that I'll put up around the town because I was so hot at him at the start of the year. And I think, you, well, you, at this point, just got to dump him. you got to dump him. He must have, he must have some... Uh, He's I done some dirt on Stephen Robinson or his family by the sound of it. But, you know, if, if, what I was thinking about earlier, though, is I bet I end up getting him out, Turnbull leaves, and then is he not the obvious replacement? Potentially, potentially. Yeah. And then... Finally, uh, we have just had another question in from Katie McCauley. She's a big Livy fan, I believe. Uh, she just asked, Scott Allen, sticker twist. Uh, I mean, his value is plummeting. Um, so that's, that's not a great thing. I still think they look better when he comes on. And I thought that was the case again on Saturday. I don't know when Jack Ross eventually just reverts to playing the five and letting him play there. Um, he's playing this 4-4-2 at the moment and I don't think that actually suits Allen. He's quite cheap. If he's not, if he's not too, hampering your squad too much, I'd probably stick with him for now. But, yeah, I'd agree. If you've got other players in your squad that are needing it, like he's going to get minutes, right? As soon as, as soon as Hibbs at the weekend, well, I mean, he looked poor all game, but the first guy that Jack Ross turns to, and he did it the same against Dundee United as well, the first guy he turns to to change the game is Scott Allen. Yeah. And, yeah. But when that 4-4-2 works and... They are going to be going 4-4-2, I think, unless they're playing the old firm and maybe Aberdeen they maybe play five in the middle. But apart from that, they look like playing 4-4-2 every game. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if, if it's the only issue with your team, then potentially take him out. If not, you've heard it here from Mr. Scooby. Stick. Stick for that. You'll score goals this weekend, do you think? Um, potentially. Potentially. 
We'll wait and see. I'm not going to make any bold predictions this week, but I'm, I'll be back with one next week, I'm sure. Um, big thing to look forward to, I guess, this week. Celtic are um, back. So the Celtic players that have been warming your bench nicely are going to be playing. Um, so interesting to see who comes live. Obviously, that big 6-0 win in the midweek will give them a bit of confidence going into it. Uh, Ellen Nusti is a player I'd pick out from that, getting a couple of goals. He was very popular at the start of the season. He's probably been chucked by now. But I think people might be looking back to him. I certainly am. Uh, this week, so hopefully, yeah, his value dropped, dropped, his, yeah, his, his values dropped quite a bit. So, actually, getting him in now, he's quite a, he's actually a really reasonably yeah. priced asset going forward. So, no, I will be pit, putting in probably three Celtic assets into my wildcard team tomorrow. It'll be French Eddie, Greg Taylor, I think, and then probably Elianusi as well in the midfield. You do realize, John, it's only the 20th of August and the season doesn't end until about April next year. That is your wildcard done for. I do, I do, but it's that desperate, Scobie. It's that desperate. desperate. <laughs> well, I'm going to manage my way out of my current situation. I brought the 200-point Mario this week. Very quickly, before we end and wrap up, a quick call-out as ever to all of those participating in the Fantasy Football Portal League. We have another new leader um, by quite a bit, actually. He's out there uh, 12 points ahead, Craig Morrison of Haji Honor. Uh, had a great week this week. Wild carded as well. Haji team, does he? No, everybody's got these Haji names and nobody has Haji. I just don't understand it. But anyway, very good. Um, so yeah, thanks. It's hotting up in that league as well. Um, so yeah, I think that just about wraps us up. Aye, that was decent. Um, yeah, no, very best of luck to all uh, managers this weekend. Hope. Um, it goes well for you. So all the best, guys. Thanks very much for listening. Well done for getting to the end of a of another podcast. Exactly. Thank you, guys. It's a bit more back to normal service. It'll be Saturday and Sunday games, so you'll hear from us again in the midweek of next week. Until then, best of luck for next week, uh, next game week, and we'll speak to you soon.